Welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week our goal is to simply get a better understanding of God's Word, the Bible. We hope you will get reading this amazing book and join us on this exciting journey. And now, here's your host, Pastor Mark Miner. Well, hello, friends. Thank you again for joining me on this 24-Minute Bible Podcast. My name is Mark Miner, and I'm just excited to be with you today, excited that you have chosen to loan me 24 minutes of your precious time that together we might uh, engage, study, interact with the most important book in the world. I think the book that God has given us, that's my theological framework, a book that will lead us into truth and will explore the mysteries of the universe. I am talking about the Bible. So thank you for being a part today. We're going to be looking at the book of James here in just a few moments, the five chapters uh, of the 20th book of the New Testament. A couple of things that are partly personal for me. Uh, We have four more episodes to complete the year of walking through the Bible. Back in January of 2022, uh, as I am here today in the last part of November of 2022, you may be listening to this some years from now, but that's the time frame. We started in January 2022 to read through the Bible in a year, but I promised you that we wouldn't actually be reading. We would just simply be on a journey to understand how the Bible works. I mentioned to you that we would be going to cross the stream uh, of, of the Word of God, but we'd be using the stepping stones, and so we wouldn't go deep. We would simply hit the tops of each of the 66 books of the Bible, and that's what uh, I've endeavored to do. I hope and trust that uh, that has taken place. So we're within four episodes now of finishing the Bible in a year. Today's book is the book of James. Next week, we'll be looking at 1st and 2nd Peter together. Then we're going to be looking at 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, those three simple books together. Uh, as as one entity, one podcast. Then we'll be looking at the amazing book of Jude. And then finally, we're going to take 24 minutes to explain the book of Revelation. Well, not really, but we are going to take 24 minutes to give you a rough sketch of this amazing book called the book of Revelation, and that will finish the Bible in a year. My hope, my prayer has been that you, if you've listened to all uh, 52, which will be uh, from January to December, all 52 episodes, that your your depth of Bible knowledge, at least uh, putting the jigsaw puzzle of God's Word together and, and an understanding of why God did it the way He did. I hope and pray and trust that uh, this has enhanced your learning. I will say, and I'm excited about this, Beginning in uh, 2023, going to be changing the format a little bit. It'll still be 24 or so minutes. Uh, But uh, rather than looking at particular books, going to be taking a little different approach, a different format, maybe even some new music. Uh, But I, I promise you that it will be interesting. I hope it will be insightful. I believe that it will. Uh, And it'll be more of a, uh, well, just be a little different format. That's all I want to say right now. I'll be sharing more about that in the uh, episodes to come as uh, we come to the conclusion here soon uh, of uh, walking through the 66 books of the Bible. 
as I mentioned today, we're, we're looking at the book of James. I give you a key phrase each time because really a hook, an idea, a flavor of each book, if you can capture that concerning God's word, then uh, you really have uh, a good grasp, uh, a good framework from which to, to go to study the Bible. I've been convinced that most of us know some things from the Bible, but we don't understand how God put this amazing structure gift together called the Bible so that it fits from Genesis to Revelation. It flows. There's a thread that runs through all of it, and it truly is the Holy Spirit. It's God's Word as He has revealed it to us. So um, enough of the theology there. You kind of get a flavor for my heart, uh, but today we're, we are going to be looking at the book of James, and the key phrase for the book of James is practical faith. Some people have compared the book of James to the book of Proverbs. Short, pithy, insightful sayings uh, that uh, speak to us. And that really is, uh, in many ways, uh, true of the book of James. Practical faith. Down-to-earth practical faith. Now, why would I say that? Why is that the case? And perhaps why would James write the way he does? Well, let's think and look at his background for a minute. I don't know about you, but I think most of us... Uh, know someone who's famous. Uh, we either can uh, connect with them, maybe they went to school with us, maybe we coached or taught them in some form or fashion and they rose to fame. And so uh, we like to, to drop that name. Oh yes, I knew that person. Uh, perhaps we uh, want to associate them because it makes, uh, associate ourselves with them because it makes us feel important. I don't think that's necessarily all bad. Uh, maybe we even feel like we had a part in that person's rise to fame. Uh, or perhaps uh, we, we go at it in a different way. We, we knew that person when they were nobody, and it's really no big deal. Oh, yeah, I, I knew so-and-so when they were young. I went to school. They were uh, just normal, common people like I am, like we are. Uh, however you approach uh, the famous people that you might know, I'm going to name drop on you just a little bit uh, because uh, <clears throat> just like you, uh, I, I, it's kind of fun to have some people that you know that uh, might be known and wealthy or at least popular in some ways. For me, my story would be about the actor John Malkovich. Some of you might know John, some of you might not, but John is a uh, a movie star, an actor. He's uh, been in uh, dozens and dozens of roles on TV, but particularly in the movies and on stage. You might remember a few of his movies from his earlier years. Uh, I think one of his first movies was a movie with Sally Field called Places in the Heart. She won an Academy Award for that. He was nominated, did not win for his uh, supporting role there. Or you might have seen the movie Death of a Salesman with Dustin Hoffman. Uh, how about In the Line of Fire? Do you remember that movie? It was uh, a crazy, psycho sort of guy that's trying to assassinate the president. And Clint Eastwood's job is to protect the president from this psycho killing him. And, of course, the psycho was John Malkovich. John seemed to play that role in a lot of the movies uh, that he has done. Uh, he was also, if you've ever seen the movie Con Air, he was the convict psycho in that movie. But uh, a lot of other types of movies John has done. One of my favorite movies uh, that he has ever done is the True Story movie, a heartwarming movie, and he played a horse trainer in uh, the movie Secretariat. 
So uh, that's just a little bit of, of John's past, but, but here's my claim to fame, if you will. Uh, I grew up with John, spent a lot of time at his house. Uh, we played on the same football team. We actually got arrested together. I won't go into that now, but it's another story. Uh, we even dated the same girl. However, I ended up marrying that girl, so I certainly feel like I got the better deal there. I was honored to perform his wedding many, many years ago at a, at a park in Chicago. Uh, so a lot of different things that I could reference concerning uh, the actor John Malkovich, but to me, he's just John. Uh, I can't help it. I grew up with him. Uh, so uh, what does that have to do with the book of James? Well, how, I wonder how James felt. He did not grow up with a future actor. He grew up with the Son of God in his house. I could tell you a few personal Malkovich stories if you wanted, but I wonder what kind of personal stories James could tell as the half-brother of Jesus, growing up in the same home, eating the same table, at the same table, uh, sharing the same genealogy, at least on his mother's side. Was there sibling rivalry? Oh, probably. Uh, did he ever tire of hearing his mother say, why can't you be like your big brother? Well, it's not really fair, would it, Mom, to, to say that. Uh, whatever the status is, uh, <clears throat> we, we have to, some questions that we might ask. When did James come to believe that his big brother was somebody special? Uh, what was it like growing up in that situation? What kind of child was Jesus like? Because the scripture really doesn't speak much to the childhood and teenage years of Jesus. We have to infer some things. So there's a thousand or more questions that could be asked, uh, and, but my, my important point here is it sets the stage for the 20th book of the New Testament, the book of James. Because you see, as James is writing, uh, he's writing uh, a very practical, common, down-to-earth sort of a book as the Holy Spirit flows through him now. But uh, he's, he's writing about somebody that he knows very well. Uh, Paul tends to go off as, again, the Holy Spirit writing through him, but, but his style and his personality, he begins to, to touch on lofty theology, the Apostle Paul does. Uh, James really doesn't do that. It's a down-to-earth, practical book about a practical faith because he's a very practical uh, man living with the Son of God, watching him grow, and the things that are important to James, and I believe this is the reason God has given us the book of James, are, are just down-to-earth, family-type situations, salt-of-the-earth type situations. So we're going to be looking at uh, the book of James, a, a little more from the structure of the book, but I think it's important for us to understand the context, the individual that God uses to write these things to us. What do we know? Just to think about some of the key concepts of uh, the book of James, uh, what do we know about its author? Well, I've given you a little bit of insight, but uh, actually there's, there's quite a bit more that we do understand about James, the author. Uh, I've already suggested strongly to you that James was the half-brother of Jesus. There are some other philosophies or ideas out there, theories, that uh, perhaps the author of the book of James was actually the James of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Most scholars don't accept that, and I'm going to tell you that for the purposes of 
this podcast. Uh, I don't think it to be correct either, but that is indeed out there. So just in, in uh, recognition of uh, the possibilities. But uh, most scholars, including myself, uh, believe that uh, it was, James was the half-brother of Jesus. Which leads us to some gospel accounts of this half-brother of Jesus. Understand now that Jesus uh, had a heavenly father and an earthly mother. So the seed bed of his humanity came from Mary, but the seed bed of his divinity came from that immaculate conception uh, there when God spoke to the Virgin Mary and she conceived. And Jesus, of course, uh, is nine months later going to be born in Bethlehem. So we know the story, but we also know that Mary and Joseph had other children. They had uh, four boys in the home, and they are named in uh, the uh, Gospels. Uh, they also, the Bible doesn't give us the name of the sisters, but Jesus had sisters. It just says plural sisters. So Jesus grew up in a home with a large family. He was the oldest, and of course, he was a half brother to all of these people. But one of the interesting things as we think about the concepts, some key concepts from the book of James, is that uh, his brothers and sisters didn't really believe in him. Again, we can try to concoct in our mind what the family dynamics must have been like, uh, but we have some scriptural references. John 7, 5 tells us this very plainly, that even his own brothers did not believe in him. So as Jesus left the home, moved from Capernaum, uh, from Nazareth to a new headquarters in Capernaum and began his ministry, uh, his brothers doubted his divinity. They doubted that he was who he said he was. Uh, in fact, we read in Mark 3, 21, these words, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> for they said he is out of his mind. Think about that now. Jesus' brothers thought that he was out of his mind, and they were coming to take him home, perhaps by force, if they could. Maybe it was embarrassment. Maybe it was sibling rivalry. Uh, maybe it was an act of genuine compassion because they saw where this was leading Jesus to if he continued on this pathway. Well, we don't know those things, but we do know this. After the resurrection of Jesus, all of those concerns were gone. They understood, the author of this book, the book of James, understood that Jesus was indeed the Son of God, and he embraced him and Christianity wholeheartedly after the resurrection. It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, all of Christianity comes down to one thing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said, if there is no resurrection, we are of all people to be pitied. Because we're believing a lie and we're telling, trying to convince people of a lie, that there's a life after this existence and that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. If none of that's true, if the resurrection didn't happen, then we are, of all people, guilty of a fallacy at best and of a con job at worst. C.S. Lewis says it this way, that you have three choices. Jesus was either the Lord of all or he was a liar or he was a lunatic. That's sometimes called the trilemma. Lord, liar, or lunatic. And I certainly agree with C.S. Lewis that that's a good way to understand it. James, the author of this book, embraced the lordship of Jesus Christ, his half-brother, after the resurrection. 
We also see that uh, James rose after his coming to faith, coming to Jesus moment, if you will, and he became a leader in the church at Jerusalem. We find James not only believing, but uh, Paul calls him a pillar of the church. In Acts chapter 21, James refers to, uh, James is referred to as an elder of the church. And when Paul, this uh, one who really was not part of the apostles, but a Johnny-come-lately, if you will, to the faith through that miraculous experience he had, Paul felt it important to preach his gospel to James to make sure that what he was saying and sharing was genuine and what he experienced and what, what should be being said uh, was truth, if you will. So uh, Paul never having perhaps met James, Jesus who grew, uh, James who grew up with Jesus uh, was going to be the one to uh, uh, put the good housekeeping seal of approval, if you will, on Paul's theology and his sermons and certainly his ministry. So my point is James, James was a big deal. James was a pillar, an elder of uh, the church uh, in Jerusalem. Now, James uh, had some other names that uh, legend, tradition attaches to him. One of those names was uh, James the Just. Uh, James was seen as such a fair man, and certainly James was the one who was helping the church when there were arguments and struggles, when there, was, there were questions concerning doctrine and theology. It seems that James was the one who stepped up to the front and, and determined the truth and helped find the right way uh, to keep the church at peace. One of my favorite names for the author of the book of James is Old Camel Knees. That's a legend and a tradition, but uh, probably based in truth. Uh, people would uh, lovingly uh, make fun of James uh, because he had prayed so much, he was on his knees so often that his knees were somewhat misshapen or deformed, and they called him Old Camel Knees, not a derisive term, a term of honor because of the amount of prayer and, and the time that James spent on his knees in prayer. Tradition holds, best we can tell, that he died somewhere in the early 60s. I'm going to give you the date, 62 AD. Probably martyred by the Sanhedrin. One of the things that we understand about the book of James and about James himself is uh, that he stayed in Jerusalem. In fact, uh, we look at the book of James as we talk about his, the practical faith, and it starts out and says in the book of James, written to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So even at the very beginning, James is writing to, in a, to a Jewish audience in a sense, but he's recognizing that he being there in Jerusalem in all probability, that the church has been scattered. Even the disciples of Jesus, many of them have, have scattered to other places. Thomas went to India and, and Matthew probably to Ethiopia or Africa, uh, some north and, and all over the world. Uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, is there in Jerusalem as one of the elders of the church in Jerusalem by God's design. So as he writes the book of James, he uh, expresses to them that he's writing to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. There's a practical faith I keep emphasizing that uh, James has from, uh, from his writings. 
Paul uh, tend to have some lofty theology when you read the book of Romans, when you look at some of his visions, some of the things he writes in Corinthians and how there was great revelation given to him and he explains spiritual giftings, for example, and other things uh, like that. Very lofty theology. James doesn't go there. James, in fact, is, is very practical when you read through the five chapters of, of his book. Uh, he, he deals with just basic real-life issues. For example, uh, we read in James 1.12 about persevering under trials. The verse says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. Or James 5.8, Be patient and stand firm. So here's James, the half-brother of Jesus, there in the church of Jerusalem, and he's encouraging the saints uh, to, to just persevere, to hang in there, because even when it's difficult, God is with you. Very practical type of, uh, of counsel as the Holy Spirit writes through James. He also writes a lot about favoritism. Look, if anybody had a reason to brag or to build themselves up, it would have been James. Oh, yeah, I, I knew Jesus. I knew Jesus when he was just a little kid. I knew Jesus when, you know, he could have told all those stories. He didn't. And there's probably a reason. Because he was very much writing against this idea of favoritism. In fact, he really counsels in his book to honor the poor. And he counsels the rich to be very, very cautious with your wealth. In fact, James 2.5 says, Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? It... it, it comes into play with his background, perhaps his relationship with uh, this most famous person of all times, the, the Son of God, who James knew intimately and personally, that uh, favoritism has no place in the church. Wealth is a danger to those who think that they are something when in fact they are nothing. Uh, G James writes in James 5.2, your wealth is rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Now, he's not being negative necessarily to the people other than he's saying your riches and your wealth are not what are important. It's your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thirdly, he talks in uh, the book of James about the tongue, the power of the tongue. James 3, 6, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among all the parts of our body. So throughout the book of James, uh, the, the teaching is, watch what you say. Don't hurt people. Be kind. Speak with wisdom. Speak less, not more, perhaps. And certainly be very, very cautious with your tongue. Uh, James 3.9 says, with the tongue we praise God, the Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness and image. So do you see the practicalness of, of James? He talks about persevering. He talks about not showing favoritism, that we're all in this boat together, so to speak, uh, working our way to, in faith toward heaven. Uh, he says to be very cautious what you say. And, and lastly, at least I will emphasize this as uh, number four here, part of uh, the practical faith side of things. He, he encourages the people to pray. Now that ought to be a given, but nobody had so demonstrated the power of faith and prayer uh, as James had. His body showed the marks, if you will, of his constant praying. Maybe that was because he saw his elder brother pray when he was growing up. We don't know that for a fact. I just toss that in there as a possibility. Uh, 
regardless, uh, James says this in, in 5.13, if anyone among you is in trouble, let him pray. And over and over again through his book, uh, Old Camel Knees encourages us to seek God in prayer. Pray for what? Well, why did James pray? Perhaps for his unbelief, because certainly he didn't recognize Jesus growing up at first, and maybe that bothered him. Maybe he was just praying for the church that he was now leading and all the burdens and all the difficulties that had come particularly to the church in Jerusalem. Uh, maybe he was uh, praying because he realized he had a privileged pl place. He had been given the privilege through no effort of his own to be around the Son of God, all of the Son of God's uh, life, the 33 plus years that Jesus lived on the earth. James was a part of that. So what a privileged place that uh, James has uh, growing up in the same house and sharing even the same, in, same human gene pool, uh, at least half of it on the mother's side, that Jesus, the Son of God, did. So James is a very practical book, very practical faith. Uh, it tells us to, to lay down our, our, uh, <clears throat> our false pride and just get about the work of serving Jesus as he, James, himself did. Next week, uh, we're going to be looking at the book of books of First and Second Peter and talking about the relationship that Simon Peter had and a very unique book, or the two books, actually, that Peter writes uh, that are part of the uh, New Testament canon. So I uh, hope you can join me next week and hope this has helped you as we walk through the book of James and studied some about the character of this, uh, this author of the 20th book of the New Testament. And we're getting close to the end of uh, the New Testament and finishing out the Bible in the year. So I uh, hope you'll stick with me. we got just four more episodes as far as uh, this task is concerned. I'll be with you next week. We'll be looking at the book of first books of First and Second Peter. Hope you have a blessed and awesome week. Look forward to seeing you next week on the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.